Yes, he is. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. God is teaching us in this new year to delight ourselves in him. God wants us to pray and obey his words to us. In Psalm 37 and verse 4, David wrote, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We know that this verse is true for you and me in this new year. The premise of this verse unlocks God's promise in this verse. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, as we take delight in the Lord, He will give us our heart's desires because as we take delight in the Lord, our heart's desires will be for what God wants to give us, which is best for us. This verse reminds us on a day-by-day basis as we commit it to memory, as we pray and obey it, that God is at work in each one of us and God is at work in all of us as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. God wants us to delight in him together as we fulfill his vision for our church family in this new year. God's vision for our church family is to glorify God as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ as we make disciples of all nations. Let's say that together. God's vision for our church family is to glorify God as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ as we make disciples of all nations. God's vision for us is taken from God's word to us. Jesus Uh, was speaking to his disciples, Matthew recorded his words. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18, Matthew wrote, Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age." God will help us fulfill his vision for us by the power of his Holy Spirit in us as we follow Jesus by faith day by day. We fulfill God's vision for our church family as we give, grow, and go. This vision wouldn't be very helpful to us if we didn't have a pathway to accomplish this vision. Our pathway to accomplish God's vision for our church family We fulfill this vision on a day-by-day basis as we give, grow, and go. As Christ followers, we live the Christian life in three dimensions. We live up as we give to Jesus. We live in as we grow in Jesus. And we live out as we go for Jesus. As followers of Jesus Christ, we should always be giving and growing and going. We are blessed by God as we give and grow and go. We are able to be a blessing for God to those he places around us as we give and grow and go. We delight ourselves in the Lord as we give and grow and go. God wants us to delight in him in our giving to him. So as we begin this morning, I want to address three common misunderstandings, three thoughts or comments or maybe even criticisms uh, this morning, three misunderstandings about giving as we begin. Maybe you've heard one of these comments before. I am sure you have never shared one of these comments before, but I'm sure you've probably heard these comments. The first comment is all the pastor does is talk about money. All the pastor does is preach about money. This is untrue. 
I do not preach about money all the time. If you are a first-time guest here this morning, then welcome. I'm so glad that you are here, and you can relax and know and understand that I do not preach every Sunday about money. I preach and teach what God tells me to preach and teach every Sunday. I will never shy away from preaching about money, nor will I ever apologize for preaching about money when God tells me to preach about money. See, the scriptures tell us, scholars have looked and researched, and there are over 2,000 verses in the Word of God focused, dedicated to the topic of money, possessions, and stewardship. 2,000 verses is a lot. That's a lot. I wouldn't be a faithful pastor to God or to you if I didn't preach about money when God asked me to preach about money. Second comment, the second misunderstanding, folks say, I don't want to give to a church. And my response to this is, I don't want to either. People at times will get upset with the church. They'll get hurt by a church. They'll get angry with the church. More often than not, what they're saying is they got hurt by people in the church. They're angry with people in the church. They disagree with people in the church and the decisions maybe that are being made. And so they choose not to give to the church. Understand real clearly that we don't give to a church. We give to God through the church. God always desires and deserves our best in our giving, and so we gladly give to God through the church. As we give to God through the church, we trust the pastors and elders to steward God's money, God's way, just like the believers did in the first church in Jerusalem. The third misunderstanding folks will say at times is, I can't afford to give. And the truth is, as followers of Jesus Christ, we can't afford not to give. Trying to bargain with God in our giving to God does not work. God, if you will bless me, God, if you will give me a raise, God, if you will give me a promotion, God, if you will give me a better job, a different job, a higher paying job, God, if you will help me to win the lottery, then I will give to you. Giving doesn't work this way. Jesus told us we show God we can be trusted with more or a lot by showing God we can be trusted with what we got. We show God we can be trusted with more or with a lot. As we show God we can be trusted with what we got. If we're disobedient with what we've got, why would God choose to trust us more so that we could just be more disobedient with the more that we would be trusted with? And so... We see, as Christ followers, we can't afford not to give. And so with these points in mind, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 is where we're going to start. We'll move around a little bit as we look into God's Word together. What we find in Acts chapter 4, we already saw a little bit last week in our study in Acts chapter 2, and that is simply this. The brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus in the first church in Jerusalem were delighting in the Lord in their giving to the Lord together. We saw this in chapter 2, as we studied that passage last week, we see it again in chapter 4 as we look at this summary passage. I'm going to begin reading uh, Luke's words in Acts 4, verse 32. Now the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but instead they held everything in common. With great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on all of them. 
for there was not a needy person among them because all those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed to each person as any had need. We can certainly say the brothers and sisters in Christ in this church in Jerusalem were givers. They were givers. And so our challenge is to walk in obedience to the word of God. Our challenge is to follow their example and the example of many other churches in the New Testament and to delight in the Lord in our giving to the Lord. So let's answer a few questions as we make our way through uh, this teaching. Number one, why should we give? Why should we give? Just a, a couple of quick answers to this question. Uh, the reason we should give, number one, is God is a giver. God is the greatest giver of all time. God is our creator, the one who gives us life. God is our savior, the one who gives us new life in Christ Jesus. God is our sustainer, the one who continues to give us life moment by moment, step by step, day by day. Scripture points over and over again to this fact that God is a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus said that for all who received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Jesus told his disciples before ascending into heaven, I will ask the Father and he will give another counselor to you to be with you forever, the Holy Spirit of truth. We can rejoice in the Lord. We can delight in the Lord because he is the giver of all good gifts. Our God is a giving God. The second reason we should give is God commands us to give. Jesus made this clear to us in Luke 6 and verse 38, when Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus told us right away in this verse, give. And in the original Greek language, give literally means give, give. This is a present active imperative. That means it's a command that we're to obey every day, every week, every month. It's to be our lifestyle. Giving is living as followers of Jesus Christ. And certainly living is giving for us as followers of Jesus. Notice in this verse, God measures his giving to us by our giving to him. God measures his giving to us by our giving to him. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. God commands us to give because giving is good for us. God commands us to give not because he needs our money. God commands us to give because he wants our hearts. Jesus told us, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We show God how much we love God by our giving to God. And one of the ways that God knew these believers in Jerusalem loved him was because 
of their radical giving to him. They were giving and giving and giving to the Lord. And so we know there are many reasons throughout the Word of God why we should give to God. The second question is, what should we give to God? What is it that we should give to God? Let me just look at a few answers to this question. What should we give to God? First and foremost, the very first step is we should give ourselves to God. We should give ourselves to God. As we just finish singing through song, as we worship God through song, we should give ourselves to God. God loves us. God loves you. Tell your neighbor God loves you. God loves you and me, and God wants a relationship with us. He desperately desires a relationship with us. We all have a problem called sin. We're all sinners, the scripture teaches us, and we've all said, thought, and done things that are against God and in violation of the word of God. Our sin against God separates us from God, and there is nothing that we can do to get rid of our sin and get to God on our own. We need help. We need someone, some way, preferably someone who can make some way available to us that our sins could be taken away and we could be brought to God. What we really, truly, desperately need is a Savior. And God sent his son Jesus to earth to rescue us from our sins by sacrificing his life for us on the cross of Calvary. Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life. He was tempted as we're tempted, but he never sinned. He died a perfect death on the cross of Calvary in our place, paying the price for our sins. He was buried. He rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and death for you and for me. And so we're able to give ourselves to God in the same way the believers in the first church in Jerusalem gave themselves to God, which is simply by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We repent of our sins. We agree with God about our sin and we turn from living our way and we have a complete change of heart and mind and we turn to live God's way. We confess our sins to God and we receive God's gift of salvation by placing our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. We give ourselves to God by God's grace at work in our lives through our response of faith in Christ Jesus. This is first. This other teaching these other truths and these other scriptures aren't going to make a whole lot of sense. And even if they make sense, they're not going to be motivating to us at all. They're not going to be practical. They won't become powerful in our lives if we don't get this first decision correct. If we don't surrender ourselves to God by faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so what should we give? We give ourselves to God. We're to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is our spiritual act of worship. Some translations read, this is our reasonable act of worship. It's reasonable for us to give all of us to God who has given all of his son to us. And so we give ourselves to God. Secondly, then we begin to look and see how this works out in our lives. As we give ourselves to God, then God begins uh, to take over. He, he takes over. He's not just our Savior. He's our Lord, our Master, our guide, day in and day out, moment by moment, step by step. And so as God takes over and takes charge in us, as we give ourselves to God, as we surrender ourselves to Him, 
once and for all, that moment of salvation. And then as we surrender ourselves to God day by day by day, God then begins to work in us. And then secondly, we give our time to God. We get to spend time with God every day, all through the day and night. Did you hear that? We get to spend time with God. Amen? We get to spend time with the Creator. Are you kidding? That is unbelievable. We get to spend time with the Creator. God saves us as we surrender and give ourselves to Him. Then God just wants to fellowship with us. He wants to have communion with us. He wants to relate with us. We get to spend time with God in His Word, in prayer, in simply dwelling on God. In thinking about God at any moment, at every moment throughout our days. In fellowship with one another. We get to spend time with God in ministry with and to one another. We get to spend time with God in praise of God, in thanks to God, in telling others about God. There is an endless number of ways in which we get to spend time with God. And so this is our privilege. This is our joy. And one way we are able to spend time with God, much like the believers in the church in Jerusalem shared with us, is by being a part of a local church family where we can do life together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. These brothers and sisters were meeting every single day in one another's homes, in the temple. And as the church continued to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow, they continued to prioritize. As they grew larger, they continued to grow smaller in their small groups, which made them stronger and stronger in their larger groups. And the good news is, as we spend time with God, we grow in our love for God. As we spend time with God, we grow in our love for one another. As we spend time with God, we grow in our love for those God places around us. It's hard to continually spend time with God and hold grudges or hurt or anger toward others. It's hard to do that. The more time we spend with God, the more he softens our hearts. The more he continues his work in us, chipping us and making us more and more like Jesus. The more we spend time with God, the more we see others the way God sees others. The more we are able to love others the way God loves others. Time is vitally important that we, we give to God in service to God, in ministry to one another, in ministry with one another, in prayer. So we pray with and for one another. Third, then we give not only ourselves to God, then once we give ourselves to God, we, we yield our time to God. God, your schedule, my schedule is your schedule. Uh, and, and you've placed me in a, a role to work. And so here's where that is. And you've placed me in a family or I'm friends or church family. And so God begins to orchestrate our schedules as we yield our time to him. Then third, we're to give our talents to God. Every one of us, as a follower of Jesus Christ, has received a spiritual gift from God at the moment of salvation. We have received a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And just like we get to spend time with God, we get to use the talents, the abilities, and spiritual gifts God has given to us to build up and to bless the body of Christ for the glory of God. The talents and the abilities 
and the spiritual gifts that God has given to us are to help us to be ministers for God in the areas and the ways that he has placed us all in the different zones, our different jobs, our different fields of work and interest. We all go different ways as we leave this place each week, and we go into our congregations to minister to our congregations in amazing ways, but we also are giving all these talents, all these abilities, all these spiritual gifts also to use to build up and to bless one another, because when we talk about building up the body of Christ, that just simply means we're building up one another because we are the body of Christ. And we do this in many different ways. One way we give our talents to God is by serving in the ministries of our church. Each week, taking an opportunity to serve in a ministry of church. That's a fantastic way that we're able to give our talents to God here within the church family. And then we continue to give our talents, abilities, and spiritual gifts to God day by day as we minister to those that God places around us throughout the rest of the week. Remember, God did not save us to simply sit and soak in his blessings. God saved us to sit and to soak in and to serve and to share his blessings with others. To share them, to give them away to others to minister to others. And there are so many here within our church family, so many of you do an amazing job of using the talents and the abilities and the spiritual gifts that God has given you to build up this church family. One of the great strengths within our church family, I believe, is the willingness of you. And yes, I'm bragging on you for just a moment. Your willingness to give your time and your talents to God to be used to build up the church for the glory of God. And I want us to continue to do this more and more as God is calling us to do this more and more in this new year. We're blessed by God as we give our time and our talents to God. We're always blessed by God as we give our time and talents to God uh, for his honor, glory, fame, and name. And then the fourth place we see that we're to give, we're also to give our treasures to God. We're to give our treasures to God. God commands us to give. God wants us to give because giving is important to God. Giving is vitally important to God. We know this because all we are and all we have is from God. All we are and all we have is from God. And God wants us to steward, to manage, to handle his money his way he wants us to handle his time that he's given us his way his talents and gifts that he has given us his way and he also wants us to handle his treasures that he's given to us his way and scripture tells us as we look throughout scripture god wants us to give our tithes to him this is one way that we're able to give our treasures to god god wants us to give our tithes to him a tithe means a tenth god commanded uh, the Israelites in the Old Testament to give him a tithe, 10% of what they earned. The first fruits of their labor were to be given to the Lord by the people of God. Now, there were other tithes that added to that 10% as you look back through the Old Testament history. But we see at 10, the first fruits, God asked his people to give him a 10th, the first fruits of their labor 
to him. Now, we know as we transition in the New Testament, Jesus himself in the New Testament, in his teaching, he affirmed the tithe. He carried it over in the New Testament, and he affirmed the tithe. Matthew 23 and Luke 11, he affirmed the tithe. The tithe was and always has been the starting point, not the stopping point in our giving to God. It's the starting point, not the stopping point in our giving to God. So God wants us to give our tithes. God also wants us to give our offerings, our offerings to him. Grace giving was taught specifically in the New Testament. As you study the New Testament in regards to giving our treasures, you're going to find that grace giving was taught in the New Testament because we are no longer under the law. We're under grace in Christ Jesus. And as you study grace giving in the New Testament, you'll find that there were no amounts or percentages required to be given under grace giving. There was not a tenth necessarily that was set aside to be defined as that's grace giving. There's no specific amounts or measures or percentages as the authors of Scripture taught us about grace giving in the New Testament. However, we look at this, and, and it's real easy to stop and think for just a moment to get an idea as to what that would be for you and me. If, in fact, the percentage in the Old Testament under the law was 10%, then my question would be, how much more would the appropriate amount of giving be now that we're under grace in the New Testament? Those who try to argue grace giving allows them to give less to God than what we see specifically in the Old Testament. They're arguing a poor case because grace giving in its very definition is all about generosity. We know this. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. You see, we have been saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus gave his all for us. And so grace giving is simply our response of thanks to God and trust in God and our giving to God. If you continue in that letter in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, you'll find that Paul in chapter 8 and 9, Paul continually challenged us today to excel in the grace of giving, to excel in the grace of giving. That means to abound, to overflow, to go above and beyond in the grace of giving. And so we see a beautiful consistency in the Word of God as it relates to giving our treasures to God. So I want real quick for just a moment to give us a, a quick snapshot uh, of our giving to God, of giving our treasures to God. And I'll begin by just saying I have good news and I have good news for us this morning. How about that? I have good news and I have good news for us. And I'll condense this to just a couple of real brief examples in this quick snapshot. A couple of real quick reports about our giving and specifically the giving of our treasures to God. In 
the year of 2019, last year, we gave uh, $1,263,400 in our general budget giving in 2019. This is just our general budget giving. Uh, that doesn't include some of our uh, missions offerings and other things, but in our general budget giving. That's a good place to say amen. Amen. That's fantastic. That averages out to around $24,300 a week uh, in our general budget giving. Now, this giving last year was an 8% decrease in our giving as compared to 2018. So what that means is in 2018, we gave more of our treasures to God than we did in 2019 to the tune of about 8% more in 2018 than we did in 2019. And you're thinking to yourself right now, I thought you said we have good news and good news. What's the good news? That doesn't look like good news. Here's the good news. The good news is we've got plenty of room to grow in giving our treasures to God in 2020. That's the good news. That is the good news. We've got plenty of room to grow. We can do better. We should do better. We have done better. And I firmly believe we will do better as a church family in 2020 and giving our treasures to God. Amen? I believe this with all my heart. I believe 2020, God desires 2020 to be the best year in regards to giving our treasures to God that has ever happened in our church family. I firmly believe that with all my heart, that this year, God wants this year to be the best year ever. I believe God wants me to be able to stand up at about this point in time, Lord willing, Lord tarries, uh, and gives us another year. I believe that God's desire for me to stand up here next year will be to stand up here, and that's going to look a whole lot different. A whole lot different. And so I'm excited about what God has in store for us. This is good news for us. It's a great goal. It's a great challenge to each of us as followers of Jesus Christ here, particularly within our church family. The second snapshot I want us to take for just a moment is in regards to our dollar day giving. In the month of January, this month of this year, January 2020, this month marks the end of our ninth year of dollar day giving. We have been giving our dollar days the last nine years. That's 108 dollar days. Math teachers, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe I'm right. 108 dollar days. Now, as most of you know, Dollar Day is one of the many ministries of our church family. The first Sunday of every month is our Dollar Day. It's a day in which, during our services, generally at the beginning, we will come and collect and we'll give a special offering in the baskets of dollars. And we'll just bring all of our dollars to the Lord. And uh, we'll continue worshiping the Lord through song and the word later on. We take those dollars every month and then we turn around and we use every single one of those dollars to minister to a particular group of people here within our church, or here within our, our, our community, within Little Elm. And we've done this for the last nine years, 108 different times, 108 different months. We've done this. We've blessed Little Elm in many, many, many ways. And you have been a part of most of those ways, some maybe all of those ways. We have been able to bless Little Elm through the many lunch blessings that we have done. We have partnered with different organizations such as Love Packs and Clothe the Child 
uh, and a Little Elm Food Bank and the Angel Tree Prison Fellowship Ministry and ministering uh, to our community in very specific ways and the people within our community. We have provided uh, and funded the Little Elm Community Thanksgiving uh, dinner the last several years and then sent teams to serve uh, that dinner to all those in the community that uh, want to come and take part. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of folks have been able to take part of that blessing because of your generosity through our dollar day giving. We have blessed the police department here. We have blessed the fire department, the box 620. We have uh, combined and connected and ministered to our school district here and all the schools here in Lillum in amazing ways. We have blessed the children of the schools through backpacks and school supply drives and by different ones of us being in the schools and ministering to the children in the schools and the students in the schools on a week in and week out basis. We've blessed the teachers and the coaches and the staff and the administrators and the principals of the school district by giving lunch blessings. We've even done years ago, we did a donut drop early in the morning. We'd get 160 different dozen donuts and we'd drop them all over uh, the school district and provide a, a breakfast of sugar for those teachers on that particular day uh, that they, I'm sure, would gladly received and needed. Um, and so we've blessed Little Elm in many, many other ways, many other ways. And what a blessing it's been to focus our attention on our community tangibly going and making disciples not just here within these walls but outside these walls and then again as God has been faithful here and outside in our community he's allowed us to be faithful to the nations as well and so over those nine years of giving to our dollar days I want to share with you the total number of dollars these are just the the dollars I mean we're talking dollars from the kids church dollars as well the total number of dollars that we have given over the last nine years in our dollar day giving is $107,783. Amen? Now, I thought that was going to excite you a whole lot more. That's awesome. Amen? That is amazing. That is $107,783 that we have just simply brought in on that first Sunday of the month, and then we've turned around and given away. Now, obviously, our overall budget, we do that with everything in our overall budget. All the budget that money that comes in, it goes out. We're not a bank, and so we definitely put the money to work uh, in ministry. But that's amazing when you stop and think that God has allowed us to have the joy and the privilege of being able to minister to our community in all those many different ways, just as a way to say, God loves you, and God's got a plan for your life. And the amount of folks that have been touched, that have been reached, that maybe have been brought into the faith in Christ Jesus, brought into this church, we, we can't count that. And it's not about us being able to count that. That's for the Lord to do with how he sees fit. We just get the blessing of being a part of his work in our community. And so we know we are blessed by God as we give our treasures to God. We are able to be a blessing to others for God as we give our treasures to God. Such a blessing to be able to be a part of what God is doing here through our ministries, Dollar Day, one in particular, but all the other many different ministries as a way we're able to bless those that God has placed around us. So the third, uh, the third question is then how should we give? Number one, we should give generously. God is a generous giver. God has generously given us new life, abundant life, eternal life with him by faith in Jesus. 
understand, I know you do, grace by definition is generous. The undeserved, unearned favor of God given to us in Christ Jesus. The undeserved, unearned love of God lavished on us in Christ Jesus. The undeserved, unearned mercy of God poured out to us in Christ Jesus. God is a generous giver, amen? He's a generous giver in all ways. And so we know, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, the point is this, the person who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. The person who sows generously will reap generously. God wants us to imitate him in giving generously to him through the church. He wants us to give generously to him. And as we give generously to the Lord, we are reminded that we cannot outgive God. There is no way we can outgive God. Now, giving generously to God does not mean that we will not have times when we come into some challenging circumstances and situations in regards to our giving. Just because we're being faithful to give our treasures to God doesn't mean God won't test us at times in that area of giving to, to teach us or to take us to a newer, deeper understanding of his provision for us, his love for us, his care for us. But what we do know is as we are faithful to God, to give our time to God and our talents to God, as we're faithful to God, to give our treasures to God, we know that God will be with us in those times of testing. And we know he'll bring us through those times of testing stronger than we've ever been. And we know he will meet our needs in and through those times of testing as well. We give to God generously. Secondly, we give to God sacrificially. We give to God sacrificially. Giving God's way is giving not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. Giving God's way is not about equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. Sacrificial giving is proportionate giving. Sacrificial giving is proportionate giving. What do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean. We see it in the scripture. Those who have more should give more. Those who have less should give less. Just like the believers did in the church in Jerusalem. We see throughout the New Testament, those in the churches, Jerusalem and beyond, as the church spread, were all givers. They all gave. But we see here particularly, there were some who had houses, properties, and land. What does that mean? There were some in the church in Jerusalem in particular that were wealthy. There were some who had a lot. And what do we see? They gave sacrificially. What does that mean? It means they gave in proportion to what God had given them. It means they sold their land, they sold their homes, and they sold their property. And they brought the proceeds and laid it at the apostles' feet. They sacrificially gave. They brought it and laid it at the apostles' feet. And so we see everyone gave. They gave generously. They gave sacrificially. They gave in proportion to how God had blessed them. And giving God's way is not about amounts. It's about sacrifice. Jesus taught us this. He reminded us of this. And that story, as you remember, I'm sure, he's in the temple area with his disciples and they're watching as the people are coming and going and the people at this point in time were coming and they were dropping their offerings and their tithes in the temple treasury box and people were coming and they were just dropping amounts of money. Some were dropping significant, amount, significant amount amounts of money and then the widow comes. She makes her way up. 
and she pulls out everything she had. Two small coins, two mites. And she took them in her hand and she put them in the treasury box. And Jesus said, hey, I want you to look. So she gave more than anybody else did. And I'm sure the disciples obviously would have said, what? She gave two small coins. Not much at all compared to what the others were dropping. And Jesus said, no, 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 she gave more than anybody else. See, because she gave sacrificially. She gave all she had. And she walked away trusting that God would provide for her every need. From that point forward, she placed her faith in God. See, God wants us to give generously. He wants us to give sacrificially, trusting Him, trusting Him in our giving to Him. And then God wants us to give cheerfully. The believers here in this church in Jerusalem and other churches that we see throughout the New Testament, they were cheerful givers. They loved giving to God and to one another. Paul told us God loves a cheerful giver. That word cheerful in the original language is the word hilarion. That's the word we get our English word hilarious from. God loves a hilarious giver. God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver is someone who loves giving to God because they know all they are is from God. So they love giving to God. A cheerful giver is one who loves giving to God because they know all they have is from God. So they love giving to God. A cheerful giver is one who loves giving to God because they know they can't outgive God. A cheerful giver is one who loves giving to God because they love being a part of God's work in his world. And a cheerful giver is one who loves giving to God because they know God will meet all their needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And so they give generously and they give sacrificially and they give cheerfully, watching and waiting to see how God is going to work and move and bless and guide and supply all their needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And so the last simple question is, what's our application? What's our takeaway? What does God want from us today? Two, two quick, simple action steps. Number one, confess. We need to prayerfully confess our sin of selfishness, our sin of disobedience to God, our sin of lack of faith in God, of our poor stewardship to God, of giving our time or talents and treasures, maybe all three. We need to confess and get right with God. Thankfully, God tells us in his word that he forgives us as we confess our sins to him. Second action step is commit. We need to commit to give God's way. And we need to start today. We need to commit to give God's way. Starting today, we need to commit our lives to God. By receiving his gift of salvation by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We need to commit our time to God. We need to commit our talents to God. We need to commit our treasures to God. And we need to start today. We need to start here. We need to start now. You see, the question really is not how much 
of my time and how much of my talents and how much of my treasures should I give to God? The question to all of us this morning is this, how much of God's time and how much of God's treasures and how much of God's talents that he's given to me should I keep for myself? We delight in the Lord through our giving to the Lord. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead us in this time of invitation. I want to encourage you.